Hey everybody, it's Thursday night and it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing podcast. I'm your host, Jake. And I'm Riff. And I'm Hot Stuff. How's it going, fellas? Pretty good. Okay. Hot Stuff, you're almost to the point where you can work on the Kingdom of Loathing again. I, I mean, I've been working on K- KOL. Well, I guess that's true. It's, it's, I'm been... almost to the point where I can start working on West of Loathing. Oh, that's true. Well, after Khan. Yeah. Hot Stuff can't work on West of Loathing until he updates the OS on his computer and he refuses to update the OS on his computer until after Khan. Yeah. I just don't. Like the idea of things going wrong in updating my OS and then not being able to like do all of the crap I need to do before con makes me very nervous. So, yep. What if you, uh, what if you drop your computer into a toilet? That would be bad. You know, like if you're messing around, like using your computer with one hand while you're peeing. Right. <laughs> Seems like the kind of thing that you would do. <laughs> And get one of those <clears throat> new giant iPads, and then it probably wouldn't fit in the toilet. That's true. That's probably true. That's why. Why are why are uh, giant iPads round? <laughs> so so they won't fall into a toilet. Classic Google interview question. I think I'll probably get an iPhone 6s in a few months. Yeah. I, yeah. What did they announce something about it? Yeah, it's just. I mean, they announced it. It is. It is a. It will be a thing. Just an improved expected. six. I the size is wrong. Yeah, I regret it. Yeah. I've gotten used to it, but I still don't like it. It's very thin. Yeah, it's light. I haven't destroyed it the way that I thought that I would. <laughs> okay. Like I thought I would just bend it in half on purpose in a fit of peak. I'm curious what the 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 like craving for a screen will be like. Overwhelms you. Yeah. So I just bend bend my phone I, in half, I'm and technically it's a hot dog. With my iPhone is that five. true? I don't. I don't know if it's true or not. If you boil it, you know what is true is that Skype is hot garbage nowadays. Is it that, or is it Riff's internet is hot garbage? Oh, maybe it's Riff's internet. So I might get the new iPad. I haven't decided yet. Dude, I generally I generally get every alternate, every odd numbered iPad, and this would be the odd numbered one. But the giant one? Yeah, it's so big though it's like an inch longer than a sheet of notebook paper you're gonna yeah is your uh is your mount is your like oh the reading mount gonna work with it the the mount would be for my previous ipad which is the same size as the one that's in it now so that would oh i see you have you leave one permanently affixed yeah i hand them down (laughs) to yourself hand them to the wall cute yeah uh hmm so if the screen was larger than a Dungeons and Dragons source book, hmm. then I would finally have what Ooh. I wanted. Like full res. Yeah, the ability to read pen this and paper RPG close. PDFs. I mean, okay. a whole yeah, that whole notebook sheet of paper, that's about the form factor of a D&D manual. Is it like how important is it to you? Like why can't you just scale it down ever so slightly and read it? Is it Oh, I probably could with a retina display. It did it was terrible on a See, I don't, I refuse to do anything that involves scrolling a PDF because PDF is the worst data format in the world and no hardware, no matter how powerful, can handle the task of scrolling in a PDF. I read, I read RPG manuals in PDF on my current iPad and it's, the type is a little bit small, but it's doable. It's, it's not a, it's not like a page, a a page at a time. Yeah. Do you you read it a page at a time? Yeah. Yeah. Because like they're always written in columns, right? So having to scroll up and down over a single page to read is just like I ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, <laughs> they're really good for comic books too. That's just about the right size for comics. 
I don't know. The only comic books I read are giant leather bound tomes <laughs> that I read on a, on a music stand at the toilet. <laughs> uh, you guys want to answer some questions from our Kingdom of Loathing audience? Sure. The Amazing Mr. Toothpaste writes, I know it's a little early for a new batch of Avatar potions, but I really want a potion that makes me look like Cake Lord. Pretty please? I just can't get enough Avatar potions. Was Cake Lord on the short list of future ones? I don't remember. Cake Lord is pretty cool. There's there's another set in the wings. Uh, it's waiting on some things. I think Cake Lord is the one that you have to fight, right? Of those bosses. I guess, I guess you have to fight the skeleton store owner. You don't have to fight the Lot's wife to complete that quest. Right. But I think to actually finish the others, like those are the two bosses that you encounter just in the course of normal play. The Lot's wife. Isn't that funny? Isn't that <laughs> clever? She's a pillar of garbage. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of hard to find her on purpose, though. I mean, I, like, I guess you just have to have it spoiled. But if you're just it's wearing... Spoiled. If you're wearing the stuff that you find, you're right. more likely to find her, and that was kind of where I was going with that. Then you can propose to monsters. It's adorable. <laughs> propose to kill you? I don't remember what it does when you propose to them. It just gives you a conditional skill to propose to them. Uh, Glebes writes, question for Kevin. I just moved from one suburb of Boston to another. What are some cool places to check out in the Alston-Brighton area? Oh, wow. I don't know much about Alston or Brighton. Oh, you're not from Brighton? I'm not. That's the name of a Fatboy Slim album. You're not from Brighton? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're not from Alston? No. That's the name of a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen album. I spent the majority of my time in Cambridge, Somerville, and Boston proper. And, and also, you should specify you spent the majority of your time in your room or the library or the yearbook office at MIT. The library? never went anywhere. Yeah, you'd go to the library to rent books. <laughs> I, I went to the library to, to get uh, DVDs. Okay, that's what I meant. Okay. Uh, I mean, I didn't... Yeah, I, when I was living in Boston, I was uh, very... Uh, frugal, mm -hmm. I guess is the word you would use. I did not. So you would go to the money. bean store. Yeah, um, I, I would buy a bean a week. That was my meal. Okay. Uh, you go down to the church to have the bean converted into many loaves, right? <laughs> it was yeah. It was, it was this religious loophole that I discovered that totally fed fed me. Oh, uh, game in the system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got all that free wine too. Yeah. <laughs> You buy the can of beans that when you opened it, it would say on the bottom, you get a free additional can of beans. If you turn in this razor sharp can <laughs> lid at the grocery store. <laughs> the reason they never did that. Plus, the ink they used to print those coats was highly toxic. Um, anyway. Yeah, you it you only <laughs> had to find the one specific bean in the can that had the code printed on it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Mm. So, uh, Glebes also says, P.S. Don't forget to make the traveling trader come back with scrolls of enchant two-handed weapon. I think that's Glebes' way of saying that you should still go through and make two-handed weapons super powerful. Um, Solvay Omnis says, Riff, guess how it starts? Uh, uh, um, uh, oh, I wasn't ready. I, I didn't have anything prepared. Funny to say. Four score and seven years ago. Uh, okay, I'll edit that. I'll edit that down to will. be pithy. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> if you have mini games like Gentleman Clack and West of Loathing, one of them should be Grand Theft Stagecoach. Riff, guess how the question ends. Um. Oh. 
I don't Rose know. Rose Rosebud. There you go. Okay. Rosebud. Um, there you can edit that one in. <laughs> say say call me Ishmael and I'll edit that into the beginning. Call me Ishmael. Okay. Who's Tyler Durden all along? It's probably funnier if I don't actually make any of these. Yeah, edits. probably. Stupid Unfortunately. People. Uh so gentlemen clack for for Everyone, since no one bought Word Realms, was a mini game inside Word Realms, which was a turn-based Pac-Man that we sort of made. Steam, yeah, steampunk-themed turn-based Pac-Man. Punk-man. Paku-paku. What we should do is have a mini game in West of Loathing that is just an entire port of Red Dead Redemption, so that we can secretly sell a PC port of Red Dead Redemption as a mini game. What about uh, what about if we had just an entire like Oregon Trail? Yeah, we could do that. In the game. Like, we could write an entire Oregon Trail-style game in the dialogue engine, and then yeah. that could just be a, like, there could be a guy at a bar who's like, hey, do you want to play a game? We haven't discovered Oregon yet, but here's here's how I think it's going to go down. Grundleshunt says, Jake, your ability to read questions very quickly is really one of the rarely mentioned reasons I love this podcast. When I listen to other podcasts that feature listener mail, it's frustratingly slow. Just thought I would pass that along since I've never heard it remarked upon. Oh, well, thanks, Grundleshunt. Yeah, I imagine it would be hard to, to follow at 2x speed because you're already talking like a micro machine. Man. It's hard to edit. It's hard to follow when I edit it at 2x yeah. speed. John Diaz says, why is the food in the Spooky Raven basement called actual tapas? Is there an endemic problem with fake tapases or something? So... My understanding of the etymology of tapas, and this is, this might be true, and it might not be, because I looked it up beforehand, is that it was called that because it would have been historically served on, like, tapa means lid, and that it was food that would be eaten at a place that primarily had wine, and they didn't bother to have plates, so they would just serve it on the lids of wine barrels, is the etymology that I read when I first looked up the etymology of tapas. Apparently, that's contentious. There's a lot of different theories as to why that kind of food is called tapas. Uh, uh, but that was the joke that I was making because it was tapas that was actually served on a lid because it's from a wine barrel and it's described as being served on the lid. Huh. Um, you learn something every day. Oh. <clears throat> yep. And then also it didn't, I fucked up and made it not drop for like a year after that revamp rolled out. So then it was like became a thing that people cared a lot about, even though it was just some random miscellaneous food drop in a, in a zone. Joy writes, I was listening to the December 18th show and I thought I had a thought for a Spartacus chat effect. Since replacing a player name with Spartacus would just be confusing. What if you had it so the player name still showed up, but with a line striking it through and then the name Spartacus? <laughs> the chat effect could just pull the phrase, I am Spartacus at the end of every post or just replace every post with the yeah. phrase, I am Spartacus. <laughs> or comma also, I am Spartacus. <laughs> By the way. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to say. I thought you were about to add something. By the way, I, th- I am Spartacus. By the way, I am Spartacus. Okay. I am Spartacus. FYI. No, wait. I am Spartacus. Imho, I am Spartacus. <laughs> if it wasn't BRB <laughs> being Spartacus. If it wasn't something that you inflicted on others by like you know always saying I am Spartacus or whatever. What if it was a thing you had to opt into? Well, Spectacus or Spartacles or something where. You put them on, and then every th- everything uttered in chat is just "I am Spartacus." Oh, like Spartacles. Yeah, Spartacles. Okay. Uh, Panay writes, "Hello and happy New Year's." <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm excited to try the new Sorcerer's Tower, and the January item of the month seems interesting. Just for context, 
I was listening to an old podcast where Riff and Jake were making fun of Hot Stuff for not being able to tell, to tell the difference between tent and tint. Hot Stuff, don't let them make fun of you. This is called the pin-pen merger and is a dialect feature found widespread in the southern United States. Southern United States. I love vowel mergers. They're so neat. Other examples are the fleece merger, <clears throat> the mitt-meat merger, and the mat-mat merger. There are splits, too. One exciting one is called the kit-bit split. <laughs> Which do you prefer, the mitt-meat merger or the kit-bit split? The kit-bit split. Sounds like the these music are, man. Yeah, these are all... Uh... Uh, 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 songs by Fatboy Slim. <laughs> uh, Thrensa says, Can Asa make a, the great familiar dungeon adventure using the Crimbot mechanics, please? Each class of familiar can have different effects like the schematics, and it would be a lot of fun. I don't want that minigame to gather dust on a shelf. Crimbots were amazingly fun. You know, that is a pretty good idea. That is a pretty good... That would be a pretty good way of making a game using familiars that was just systemic Mm -hmm. and the content for each familiar would be like okay like at one pound or whatever this familiar has this attack and it has a name but it's just a name and this attack is like one poke or one cut or one jump or one dance or whatever and they're just those icons that represent abilities like the robots had right in in the crimbot thing and then there's just things in dungeons that you do and then you get you know we could generate different different stats or flags for them off of their uh, off of their four arena stats. That's true. I mean, if I was going to do this, I would probably just want to tank the arena because I don't think that anybody uses it seriously anyway. Like somebody actually mentions this in a question that we'll probably get to. Um, could we do like a daily generated? level that you're trying to navigate yeah because like we could easily procedurally generate things like the the crimbot dungeon challenges you know because they can be whatever they don't have to be they don't have to be themed after a toy factory overrun by robots right they're just a little dungeon that or whatever like a forest that you send your familiars into there's little adventures you send them on little ricochet robots game that'd be neat that would be a way you know i mean it's like the it's another little mini game. We're just pulling a World of Warcraft where they suddenly add Pokemon battles to. I don't know if PvP would be interesting at that course of granularity. You know what I mean? Like, because it's not like they have stats that you level up, really. I guess they could, but that seems more complicated than you want. Right. Hmm. You know, they could have, there could be gear that you earn for them or rare familiar gear that give you unique verbs or right. unique combinations of verbs or whatever. That would be the, the, like coming up with just cosmetic gear for a, every familiar that all it did was interact with the verbs, this mini game thing would not be, it would not be a ton of work. Like I'm actually kind of excited about that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it would just be fun to come up with names for Pokemon-style abilities for all of the familiars, and some just general kind of balance guidelines on this is how many, this is how many abilities each one gets, and how many icons. Like, you know, there's like a budget for each of these verbs. Right. And would it? Uh, would each? How do I put this? Would it be necessary that each sort of challenge in the dungeon be solvable by any particular verb or verb set? I don't think so, right? Because it wasn't in the Crimbot factory, right. right? There were just some like, okay, well, you just get 50 meat or whatever. Right. So there were some that sort of like mid... mid so, there were some gimmies, gimmies, and then there were yeah. some that, you know, there were some that like this takes away life or whatever. 
Right. You know, and yeah. You know, I like the idea of you assembling a team of like three mm. of your familiars and then sending them on a thing and then, you know, I like it. Would rarer or um, Mr. Expensive familiars have better abilities? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, that's. So the uber familiar would just be the uh, hand turkey outline. Yeah, sure. Or the uh, the 11th anniversary sort of oh, martini right. guy. <laughs> yeah. Shit. He'd be the ultimate. Linguini Light says, hey, guys, love the show. So I heard you mention on a November radio about how you might do two or three challenge paths per year. I think it's a great idea because people like me feel overwhelmed by how behind we are on challenge paths. For example, I still have yet to get request sandwich from Boris since you won't give us a bucket equivalent. I also need to get the high school path trophy. Haven't even done a sneaky Pete run yet. And then there's stuff like Dreadsylvania, which pushed me more behind because I like farming meat there with my stocking mimic and getting all the Drews and trophies. I think he means drops. Drews. Mm-hmm. He goes in there with his Drews. Or dross. Maybe he thinks all the items are terrible. Oh, he thinks all the items yeah. are dross. Yeah, I, I like getting my dross and drek. Yeah. And my garbage. Garbanzo. Keep it separate from your flotsam and jetsam. The flotsons was a less, uh, <laughs> a less fun Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yeah. Um, Hanna-Barbaric. <laughs> I am pretty committed to not doing a winter challenge path. Yeah. No, I, that, and I don't know what I don't know what that means. I don't know if there just isn't an in-season path, yeah. right? And there's just not like I, we just. I, I think that is what you do. We rejigger that interface so that th- there's not a slot for that. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably fine. Yep. Um, and that way, there's no pressure, and people can take some time off, or they can just hang out waiting for Crimbo, or they can sit around at Aftercore and do those kind of things. They can revisit old paths. Like there is a tremendous number of options yep because there'll be what it is november 15th is when Mm -hmm. it'll phase out so i mean that gives you like a month before crimbo really starts in earnest and then a month after it's over yep or six weeks after it's over to just kind of have time to do whatever you want which is great everybody needs that Glad Mallet says, can the Crimbot name generator survive in some form beyond Crimbo? It's a riot. I had one named Period Reminder Bot. Thanks for the comedic Crimbo <laughs> content. Uh, I was looking at that. It's, it's weird. Like, it's just words. It just pulls words out of, like, the, some list that we used for Radlibs. I don't know. Oh, wow. I don't know what, I don't know where those came from. They're weird. <laughs> They're like, a few hundred nouns and a few hundred adjectives. They're like, they're at a weird level of comprehensiveness that we don't normally operate at, right? We normally have, this is a list of 40 nouns, or this is a list of 40,000 nouns. We don't usually have 400 nouns. They're not even very good. I don't know where we got those words. Where do we get those words? (laughs) Don't know. It's probably like, oh, shit, a con item. I better half-ass this in a big hurry. Radlibs? Yeah. Hmm. Was it maybe like the 400 most common words from our? Oh yeah, corpus? maybe. Although I don't think I would have trusted that part of speech data. Hmm. Well, but maybe it wasn't. Oh, part of speech. Uh, what about the thousand most common English words, which every XKCD is written in? <laughs> right. <laughs> Diabolico says, after three separate instances instances of successfully bringing up trains in conversation with my wife and then pondering aloud whether you need a credit card to ride them, I can confirm that this is indeed the funniest joke. Hmm. 
Sorry, I just got a notification about having been added to some sort of admin team on our Slack. What is that all about? Uh, weird. I was already not an admin, and who put me in it? You were. Ferdowoon says, A question about developer meeting players, which seems to be on the rise. KOL have pretty much always had a fairly close relationship to its player base, and everything from answering questions on this podcast and the phrasing of announcements and trivial updates. Looking at World of Warcraft a bit, the former lead systems designer Greg Street was very open and answered questions in quite a witty and sometimes even in-your-face attitude. Up until that point, it had always been very formal and one-sided communication between Blizzard and the player base. Over time, more and more developers have joined Twitter to answer questions and uh, front a bit of personality, showing that they are normal people and not just minions in some Borg collective. What are your opinions and thoughts on the whole developer versus player base communication is it only a good thing what is the negativity and bashing from the player base enough to stop the open relation what about the people uh, who see a personal reply from a dev once is meaning they can then have a personal relationship and start making demands and threats you know i feel grateful that we have always operated at a small enough scale that we have been able to just be honest and for the most part if somebody says something embarrassing it's me and there's no one to yell at me because i'm the boss um you're the boss of you. That's true. I am the boss of me. I can't fire me. I quit. Uh, you know, the negativity thing is definitely like... A drain? It is, and... Do you need, it, a, do you need a credit card to ride that drain? You do. <laughs> you need a credit card to hire someone to unclog that drain. Talking to people in forums I think is bad for this. I think that that this sort of like shitty vitriol is going to be so much more concentrated in a forum. And it's weird. I watched, I watched this talk that it was filmed, but it was not for the public. It was just this really frank, like, Q and a thing to some business students that one of the, one of the original like EA guys, just this sort of like kindly old hippie who was nevertheless like the most like cutthroat business think dude. He was just talking about how like the people who complain the most in the forums are the people who are spending the most money and you just can't listen to them. Like people being dicks in forums is not about expressing any information to you. It's about sort of achieving a level of status and a, and a particular image oh, in the huh. community because it is in public. And I feel like that's where a lot of the shittiness of Twitter comes from. And that also makes me grateful that we are not big enough players in that scene to really draw the attention of people who are, who think they're going to get noticed. Also, like if somebody said something shitty to me on Twitter, I would never like retweet it to shame them because that's exactly what they want. Like still, I mean, you, edge you don't, into, you don't, you, ret- don't you retweet it because it's funny. You edge into victim blaming territory there, which whatever, but nobody is ever a complete dick when they send in questions to the podcast. They were sometimes when podcast questions came from the forums. Right. And I would skip them, but the, Oh, because they're not, they know that their questions are never going to see the light of day if they're, dicks. they, I, that's a, that is a, that is an uncharitable read on it, maybe, or, or at least a less, a less friendly one. I think that when you're talking to a person, you're nicer than when you're talking to a public square, you know? But the person is still there in the public square. That's yeah, but you know, I don't think, I don't think, I mean, I think of it that way. I would never go into a forum and be a dick about something. 
but I don't, I think that across a population that doesn't necessarily hold, Hmm. you know, I don't know just the, the decrease in shittiness that accompanied me getting off the forums was so good. I just love decrease in the amount of shittiness. Yeah. Just the amount of shittiness that I had to deal with. You are very sensitive to it. I'm very sensitive in general. Sure. But the I'm a temperamental artist, you will consider a thread toxic or poisonous or whatever with, with a couple of sort of critical ill thought posts, even if most of the things in the thread are glowing and positive. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, there is a tendency in people to focus on negative experiences and I think that's just evolution. I mean, it's just, it's just trying to get you to pay attention to bad shit so that you can avoid it in the future. There's no way to avoid it in the future, except don't go to the forums. The forums, I don't know, maybe they're not better for my having stopped participating. They're certainly better for me having, like, become unafraid to just kick people out for being complete pricks. Sure. Jolly Red Giant says, Dear Jick and Riff Stuff, I live in the Phoenix area and was just listening to the last show where Hot Stuff brought up Liberty Market's ice cream sandwich. What other nuggets of awesomeness in the Phoenix area would you guys recommend? Have you tried Chino Bandito? Do you like that? I hear you guys talking about things in San Francisco like the Milky Porky Wonder in the Exploratorium and it makes me want to visit there. We haven't been in Phoenix in a while. You so, know, the Cornish Pasty Company is really good, but you have, you must already know about that. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of like restaurants that you just might not have run across. A lot of the things that we would talk about would be food, probably. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, the Phoenix Rock Gym is actually really good, having now spent a bunch of time here where the, the gym itself is pretty good, but the route setters are not as awesome. Uh, what else is... What are there, like, cool... There's, like, First Fridays, which are neat. There's... There's KOL Con. There's KOL Con. Once a year, there's ZapCon. That's coming up. KOL Con is coming up in two weeks. Ah, Jesus Christ. What? What's wrong? It's going to be fine. I don't want to go. <laughs> I just. I think I might just stay here. That's going to make signing certificates of participation I, so I, much tougher. I really, really don't want to do that, and I'm still going to do everything I can to make that not happen. I mean, you have all the power there. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I wish that, and I know that it was totally reasonable of you to assume that it was going to happen again, but if you had asked me, I would have said, please no. Really? Yeah. I just don't want to do it. Huh. It, I, it would just be too sad. What's the sadness? Of- With Scully not being there. Okay. I mean, it's, I just don't want to do it. Okay. I don't like doing it. People didn't care the one year we didn't do it. That's true. So... There was, no, just, there was no complaining. It's like boring and my hand hurts. Okay. And Sharpies are really expensive. Now you're just making <laughs> shit up. Well, you use those actual gold Sharpies. Right. The ink is lead. They're, they're like weird alchemy Sharpies. <laughs> Let's see. Shamu says, is the Barrel God the first example of a kingdom-specific deity in the game? Has West of Loathing been making you think about narratives more because the Barrel God showing up in West of Loathing sounds potentially hilarious? Also, what kind of game is West of Loathing anyway? The way it's described, it sounds like it'll play like a modern Fallout game, but with stick graphics. Yeah. That's pretty accurate, I feel like. Yeah, that is not... I mean, although with turn-based combat, combat, yeah. yeah. So... Although that said, we haven't actually implemented combat yet. The newer 
Fallout. I mean, so it's maybe it's arcade combat. It's paper, it could be arcade. It's Paper Mario. I mean, that's yeah. that is the yeah. that is the model for the interactions is Paper Mario. Can we make a, just a real time version of combat <clears throat> where there's just a five second timer between each action? And you, Ugh, I don't know. And just the default is like our vats. Yep. Ugh, man. What would we call it? The varmint attack and technical system. <laughs> Active time buttholes. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Is it? We've surely talked about deities before, right? I mean, there's there's the elder gods in the sea, right? Yeah. The, those aren't sort of what people would consider a, like a deity, though, right? Well, they're you know. <laughs> It depends on whether you think Yog Thothoth is a deity or not. I know I can never stop <laughs> speaking with Lisp after talking about Yog Thothoth. Yog Thothoth is, is it is it Thothoth or Sothoth? Sothoth. Yeah. Yog Sothoth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see. A hero called Frog says, "Could the crafting recipes page have a filter for things that you have both ingredients for, and could the collapsible groups stay collapsed when something is made?" I'm surprised that that doesn't we've been talking a lot about it like in the lead up to doing this mobile app thing, like standardizing a lot of the interface stuff, like make inventory work more like this new iconic skills page, for instance, and like make the terrarium work like that and make just stuff work in more similar ways on the back end and be more consistent on the front end. And recipes are another great example of a hmm. one-off UI that's goofy as shit because like the needs of every interface are slightly different. Yeah. You know, you know, I don't know that I would want to move to a model where in your inventory, you click on an item and it just does whatever it thinks the default action is like almost every item only has one link. Right. Almost everything in the game only does one thing The there being multiple things to do with it is usually the, the purview of like a right click menu or whatever. And that's would still be the case. Um, but I don't think you want to click on a, you know, a booze item thinking you're going to get a description and have it drink it. That seems bad. Accidental double click. Who knows, man? Mouse overs don't work. I guess we could just wait for all mobile browsers to have this like. Like pressure-sensitive touchscreen thing that Apple just announced today. Yep. Is there was there some sort of haptic feedback that they announced too? I don't. I wasn't actually that'd be, watching anything. That that'd I've be heard of. That'd be really nice. And I wonder, you know, like the trackpad on this new laptop mm-hmm. is nice in that regard. Like, you know, you click and it like feels feels pretty good. You can hear it. You can hear it right here. Hear that? Hear that? That's the sound of a click feeling pretty good. If you could make glass that was as flexible as this, but more transparent. If it wasn't transparent, it wouldn't more be More transparent useful. than glass? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, uh, the glass on your phone is technically a liquid. Damascus says, now that the dusty bottles of booze from the wine racks are no longer quest items, is it time to allow Jarlsberg's frying pan to fry them up into calories? D- Does that not just happen automatically? Yeah, I don't know. Did it, and also, did, did that ever work on booze? I don't remember. doesn't seem like. I mean, I guess that was kind of the point of it was to give it something to give you something to do with the food and booze that dropped that Jarlsberg couldn't wouldn't touch. Couldn't touch. Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to start kind of cherry picking questions here. 
So these are the, the ones that are really tall and out of reach. B. Smith says, with porcelain polyester ascension rewards now given out for standard runs, does that mean the old stainless steel, plexiglass, and brimstone gear will eventually go out of standard? Yeah, you can still get stainless and plexi, and you'll still be able to make the old standard gear. Right. So I don't I don't think that it needs to go out of standard. Yeah, I don't think anything goes out of style. Um, Crail, this is an interesting point, actually. With the new level requirement, could high mains be changed to give a more interesting for high-level breath effect? That was a thing that nobody ever really cared about, and I actually just forgot about it. That they give the breath effect. Yeah. You know, I wonder if those would be more interesting if they were just, like, if the effect didn't give you a skill, but that was just passive, a bunch of damage of that element every round in combat or something. I think people would, it would be more appreciated than a thing you had to activate, for sure. You know, unless they didn't want it, unless they were trying to well, avoid doing damage food. for some reason. Well, yeah, but I mean, you maybe. could cancel. You could cancel you could, or get rid of the buff. Yeah, if you didn't like it. yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, you can always you can always eye drop it. Uh, let's see. Yojimbo's Law says thoughts on reasonable stat recommendations for charter zones with non-scaling monsters. Each of Barf Mountain, Garbage Barges, Bubbling Caldera, Secret Laboratory, Lavaco Factory, Velvet Slash Gold Mine, Weirdo Mansion, and Fun Guy Mansion apparently lacks such a recommendation. And then he gives us the mnemonic: increase monster power expectations integrity. Nice. Uh, and then he says, with regards to the question I submitted like ten minutes ago, I should probably mention why it's important for barrels and such. Yeah, that's um. Also turtles, but nobody cares about those. Huh. Are you using that flag for the barrels? Yes. Oh. It's the same thing that I'm using for turtles. And when we did the turtle revamp, we also updated all of the stat requirements. Huh. Right. So that they would all be... Or no, maybe that was when we did the... War- we changed them into warnings instead, instead of requirements. Of requirements like yeah. recommendations instead of requirements. Um. But I have not been careful about that at all with new zones. So there's a lot of things. I also don't know where to put the stat requirement recommendation, the stat recommendation for a zone with scaling monsters. I mean, we there, could put them at the floor. They're specifically saying stuff for not the not scaling zones. Well, but then he lists some things that, I mean, like the fun guy mentioned, those monsters do not scale, but they get more powerful every time you fight one. So who knows, right? Does it... It's just the starting. Just monster. the starting power. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. Um, okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to scroll around here. Damascus says, is there any kind of a monster modifier, special monster, whereby if a monster happens to roll wet, hot, and American, that you instead fight a summer? Because if not, there should be. It'd be similar to an ultra rare, but could occur anywhere. I calculate a roughly 0.000033% chance of encountering these exact modifiers, less if they need to be in the right order. I don't remember if the order is fixed or not. Like, can you can you meet a a wet hot something and then a hot wet something? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember how that code works because I could imagine just a loop working in either way, just looping through every single one of in order and saying, "All right, if you have hot, then add hot here, and then if you have wet, then add wet here," and it wouldn't matter where they were in the array, right? Uh, but I don't know if that's how it works or not. And also, no, that's funny, but I'm not going to go back and make that happen in that old path because it's so old now. Happy Thursday, says Hell No. What's happening to the standard leaderboard when the year ends? Will there be rewards or commendations? Will the leaderboard be saved on the third floor of the museum? Yeah, I imagine we'll save a copy of that leaderboard. I don't know about commendations. That's 
a good question. We need a year where the year ends on a day and then there's like a festival day and then the next day is the first day so that you can get all, all sorts of shit done on that festival day, like dealing with leaderboards and stuff. You just get like a, a day where nothing else happens except for like cleaning up all of the garbage that needs to roll over from the last year to the new year. Right, Ta- but we'll, taxes. Be, we'll be feasting and drunk and well, stuff. Right, but that that it makes it more fun. Isn't that, they do that with like the, there's like a decimal. There's like D&D calendars that do that. But no, there's like a decimal calendar that it has like an extra day. It has like an extra week. It has, it yeah. has like a feast week. Or it's one, it's not decimal. It's one where all of the months are the same, same length. length. They all begin and end on the same, like maybe every month is 28 days. And 30, then there's 30 days would probably work well, right? Well, no, it needs to be a divisible by seven, right? Like the same yeah. day of the month is always the same day of the week, oh, which is fucking rad, <laughs> right? That would be awesome. That would be so much like, I mean, and I get, I get that. Well, no, it's not. We are not more subject to this. You know why we have seven days, right? It's because humans have seven fingers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, five fingers and two dicks. (laughs) Um, no, I say we have to do all of this. What like we tend to, and I think I'm just done with this. Like, I think I have taken a leaf from fallen London who have like started releasing weekly content or monthly content. And then the first time the first of the month was on a weekend. They were like, Wait, 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 fuck, fuck this. We're just going to do this on the last Thursday of every month instead of whatever. And we're just doing it the first week. Yeah, I, th- I, on- like, I honestly feel like our policy henceforth is the item of the month will be released on the first weekday of the month. Um, unless it needs to be late for some reason. Right. Because I don't think it serves anyone for an item of the month to be released at like 8 p.m. on a Sunday. Like, I just think that that means we sell less of them. F- fewer people get to be, like, involved in the excitement of them being new. You know, I don't think that anyone gets anything out of doing it that way. Who knows? Does it, uh, will it be... So if it's a Friday, will that also count? That's a good question. I mean, I don't know. Like, I haven't been rolling them out at rollover either. Oh, right. right? And I... And I, you it know, gets complicated because of the subscribers, too. Yeah. I'm, I've been enjoying the way that these rollouts have been going just in the middle of a day and then leaving the old item up in the store for the rest of the day. It's more work because there's not like code for that. I keep having to like go in and manually add because there is code to just have the item of the month available in Mr. Store, but not like an extra thing. Although it's way easier than it used to be now that I've like kind of since the Mr. Store revamp, the back end changes, it's way easier to just like pop a thing in there. Uh, Seraphony says, can we get a quicker way to mow through barrels? They're not multi-usable at the moment, so I had to paste slash use Firkin until I ran out of Firkins, then move on to the next barrel type. Perhaps one could take them to the barrel god's altar to open them en masse. There's a link to smash them in a huge grid that's like bubble wrap and awesome and like one of the main things about the item that's fun. I wonder if you're like just you'd never bother going to your inventory anymore. I could see that. Hmm. But yeah, there's a link to do that. Exactly what you want. Does does it, there's no way to avoid having to click once per barrel though, right? Or is there a uh, smash, no. smash party that auto smashes? No, there's not like an auto smash. Which that there's that is a good point. But I haven't really seen anybody complain about that. Like this person sounds like they did not know about the thing. Okay. 
Right. Do you because think it will become te- eventually like having so much bubble wrap that you eventually become <laughs> bored with popping it? Is that possible? I don't know. Because we used to buy a lot of bubble like, wrap. Like, could God make so much bubble wrap that even he wouldn't enjoy popping it all? I get right. bored popping bubble wrap pretty quick yeah. these days. I remember loving it when I was a kid. But it was yeah, a, it was a forbidden fruit. Yeah. Because your mom would always get irritated yep. with the noise. Sort of like that duck whale. <laughs> oh, you mean the orca? Yeah. I don't think they call them duck whales anymore. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sular the second says, It seems odd to me that the Spooky Raven basement is an indoor location rather than an underground location. There's so few underground areas in Run. Any chance of a change there? The Giant Castle's basement is also underground, so there's definitely a precedent. That's funny, because that one's way the, way yep. the fuck up in the sky. <laughs> uh not going to try to hide the fact that I'm asking this solely so there would be more places to get barrels from sweet, sweet underground pool in run. Yeah, I, I mean, it should be underground. I don't know why it's not. You made calls. I did. I called somebody and I was like, is a basement indoors or underground? It's a pretty undergroundy basement. Right. That's a, that is a tough question. It's got dirt. It's got dirt walls, I think. Or maybe it's like brick walls, but mm. there's dirt visible around the edges of it. There aren't walls, right? So basements are weird because often in houses with basements, the top half of the basement is like the foundation. All right. So you get those little windows, maybe the top third. I don't know anything about construction. They don't have basements anywhere that I've ever owned property. Would a secret lair that was 60 stories down, that would be underground, right? Yeah. At what point does it cease to be underground and just, it's just inside? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like one of those where does life begin things. You know, it can't, like, at birth doesn't really make any sense because right. otherwise was Riff born a ghost? <laughs> well, wait. No, I guess you were born. So, at birth, <laughs> but Riff was premature is my, is my thing, <laughs> right? So, like, you could have removed him a day earlier and he probably would have been fine. You could say that of most babies, I think. When does underground become indoors? Like, if you finish a basement, does it just become an indoor area instead of an underground area? Okay, yeah, because a cave is always underground, not indoors, right? Sure, even a cave up on a mountain. Yeah. So, hmm. (laughs) I think the secret is that things can be both underground and indoors (laughs) in real life, just not in KOL because of the way the database works. Sular the second says, I really liked uh, the trend recently towards familiar equipment not just being a simple plus five pounds, like with the Puck Man and the Lil Barrel Mimic. Have you thought about slightly reworking the cake-shaped arena so that it doesn't take quite as many adventures to get your gear so it wouldn't feel so inefficient and run? Or maybe just making the condition completely different, like they just let you buy the equipment with the price scaling based on its current weight, maybe, so you're rewarded for leveling up your familiars. Just makes me sad seeing my familiars go all unequipped in hardcore runs, but I can't actually justify getting familiar equipment in run at the moment. You okay? Mm-hmm. Did you just have a little freak out? No, I just moved my arm and accidentally hit the armature of the microphone and uh-huh. worried that I had created some horrible noise. But then if I looked over at the waveform and didn't see any bumps. Maybe so if you I moved don't know. your leg, you'd hit the ligature. The ligature? Yeah. The legate? The legislature. If you moved your prel, you'd hit the prelate. If you. Proctor? Gamble? Riff, make a joke. Uh. Love is the law, love under will. (laughs) 
Hey, Jake and Company says Deathshade. Can we get some speakeasy unlock options for one person clans? I'm stuck in the clan because I'm the last member. I don't uh, I don't want to remember. I don't want to remember needing to log into an alt to keep it the guild master. And I put too much money into the clan buying the clan VIP items to want to just ditch it. I think it's been around long enough that gating the content is no longer fun. I mean, if if you disband the clan, you get the VIP furniture back. That is a thing that I, a lot Not of people don't everything, know. Everything though, right? Oh, yeah. Only the donation stuff. Uh, like I don't think you would get the balls back in the ball pit. That's stuff. not in the VIP lounge. Oh, that is just in the rumpus room. Okay, uh, sorry. But you're probably right that you would not get the is the Christmas tree? Christmas tree back and the fax machine, right? Because that was a Crimbico thing. thing, right? Back, back from the facsimile Christmas. It was the office Christmas. I swear. I mean, I know you know that. We never did do that ficus thing. Yep. There was supposed to be a level one ficus that you could fight, and then it would become available in events in the future. There would just be a ficus that would level up the more times you had encountered it. Uh, but we just didn't do it. Yep. I think I drew the ficus, but then didn't hook it up to anything. Southwest says, Luxander just brought this up in the forums. What if avatar potions weren't effects, but were just equipment in a specialized avatar slot? Maybe make that slot automatically empty at rollover. That way you wouldn't have to worry about effect timestamps, the ultra color shirt, PVP, or other things that count effects. Having it empty at rollover... Is bad. Yeah, because then you'd have to remember to take the item out of it or whatever. I mean, what what I suggested, which was you use the item and it just sets your avatar until rollover... Just sets a flag. Is the same as that, right? Yeah. Except it consumes the item and it just, you know, it just sets a property on the player that we then zero out at rollover. Um, I do want them to be consumed and not just a thing that you have to collect one of because then you can sell them and that's fun. Selling them is fun. Yeah. Hmm. Chester Arthur the 21st says, So since there's not going to be a winter path, would it be possible for you guys to choose one or maybe a few of the older challenge paths and make it the current path where there would normally be a new path? Um, no. He says this would break up the monotony of having community service be current for six months, but that's not what will happen. Right. Community service will stop being current after three months. Uh, Southwest wrote, if this isn't already the case, would you consider making it so that once you've exhausted all three of the equipment blessings from the barrel shrine, they all replenish the next day? It'd be largely irrelevant for speed, but we'd be more friendly for newbies, slower players, and after core. What do you think about that, hot stuff? And I think you're against it. How do you justify not doing it? I agree with you for what it's worth. I like the idea of there being really strong one-time use things per ascension. Uh, these things are meant to be relevant for speed, not irrelevant. And by doing them this way, it makes them more relevant. It makes it so the people that we're targeting with them, which is fast ascenders, get to use them more than the people that we don't like everything else in the item is for slow ascenders, right? Yes. Like everything else in the game is for slow ascenders. Yep. And so I think it's cooler this way that like this is a thing where you get more use out of this item the faster you play uh, Zero Flex Flyer says I find myself wondering if there might be some super awesome bonus in the works for those who end up with all five of the charters maybe an airport gift shop thanks for all you do 
Yeah, you know, a gift shop where there's... Exit through the airport gift shop. That is a pretty good idea, actually. A gift shop where there's one additional item that you can buy with each of the currencies. Just a different price thing, a different souvenir. Like, we could come up with that pretty easily. It's just five items. Six, maybe, actually. One one new item for each of the currencies, and then one item for all five currencies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could totally do that in the new shop interface. Yeah. And then, like, Uh, a super expensive bottle of water. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, it's just all confiscate. It's like, oh, you need a pair of scissors. Oh, right, on the other it's side all of security. Yeah, no, it's totally themed. Like, yo, know, you want a fucking cigarette lighter? Fuck you. Buy a new one. It's a hundred conspiracies. Yeah. Okay. Good. Solved. Uh. Hmm. Though, that would have to be because you'd be able to get to it. Like the way that it works now, you'd be able to get to it by. Um, using all five day passes. It's okay, day. though, right? That probably is okay, actually. Yeah. yeah. That might be better. Um, 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 um. I apologize for all of these pauses. Uh, Sky Shroud says, is there an option to empty your shed? There is not, and I can understand why you would want that, although surely there is... Why? What was? What is the situation where you'd want that? Uh, if you don't want the thing in your shed anymore, and you don't want anything else in there either. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Yojimbo's law says it's Tuesday morning, as far as you know, so it's time to pay another visit to RadioQuestions.php. Why do KOLCon items leave standard? I was surprised that they do. I believe you. I don't think that they should. You don't. So it's... I I think that our reasoning was... They will become prohibitively expensive. They become prohibitively expensive. And just the the march of time will make them the best in whatever slot they're in. Yeah, potentially. And that seems shitty on our part to leave them in standard. So I think we just put expiration dates on all of them. Because of but that like reasoning. when, like when they get to the point where they're fifty dollars? No, it's just they, they, they're just the expiration. They're last they, available when they are first available. Like yeah, last available technically means first available. Yeah, I mean that does make sense to me. I think that while doing it that way is a thing that you know, as you've just described, we're doing it to sort of protect people from themselves. I think yeah. it feels shitty doesn't doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're being protected it would be just it would feel just as shitty if we left them as evergreen items because because eventually they're going to cost a hundred dollars or whatever i think there are probably more people who would casually like to play with them in standard runs than people who would feel compelled to buy them to be optimal that don't already have them but Uh, who knows you know there's new there's new optimizers being born every minute yeah um, that's well. That's our at least th- that ex- that answers the question. I don't know that anything's going to change. Yeah. right now. Uh, is the pizza revamp coming? Yojimbo's lock continues, or has it already happened? Any new developments with it and the Heradric pizza oven? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't thought much about it. It comes up every once in a while. The idea of a Heradric pizza oven. 
Terrence, a.k.a. Magnus, says, Would you ever consider adding another Monster Manuel-type item to Mr. Store? I really like the idea of an item unlocking fun extra drops from existing monsters like the Manuel does with the Avatar potions. You mentioned adding fun, not speed-relevant familiars for a few Uncle Bucks, but familiars would compete with existing, actually helpful familiars. Mm -hmm. What makes Monster Manuel attractive is that it adds fun with no opportunity cost. Alternatively, skills like summon hilarious objects, of course on a smaller scale if only for a few Uncle Bucks, would be another way to do this. Yeah, like a a grimoire-type thing that was just something goofy. Although we got to be careful with that because our goofy things sometimes turn into things that are relevant and surprising yeah. to us. Um, Massage oil. This is this is an interesting question. Elfin says, I've gotten used to Monster Manuel, so whenever I log into a multi, I find it really odd that an opponent's HP is not displayed natively. Did you have an intentional goal in hiding HP for new players? Would you hide an opponent's HP if you were designing this game from scratch? Seems pretty rare these days. Thanks. That is an excellent question. The the thing that worried me about Monster Manuel is that we were basically just selling UI. And I mean, when I that was all basically. when that was all it was going to be. Oh, okay. right. Then when we decided, well, we can write three jokes for every monster, like, oh, okay, now we're selling jokes. Yeah. And overwhelmingly the feeling about that item is not that we're selling UI, but that we're selling jokes. Right. And like there is, I've never heard anyone complain about it at all. Right. But I think probably we would, if we were building a game from scratch, we would probably indicate their health in some yeah. way, even, if, but like I could imagine doing it in like a percentage bar instead of a flat out number. And then getting something which shows you a number is a, an upgrade. Yeah. So, it's not like it would necessarily be all the information up front. I mean, that's the thing. Like, in the amount of time that KOL has existed as a game, you know, which is a contiguous span of time, and the game is contiguous, like, in, in its sort of arc, games have changed a lot. We have changed a lot. Our skill with the tech <laughs> has changed a lot. The tech <laughs> itself has changed a lot. So, like, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird to think about stuff like that you know it, this is the first time anyone has ever brought it up except me on the conference call where we were talking about doing monster manuel in the first place which was in that place with the white back patio in san francisco where chris moyer came to meet us that was right around the time that we made it so you couldn't miss anymore we were and just like fuck it and we did the staff, staff of homophones, of homophones. Yeah. okay yeah yep. that was fun and uh chris got all giggly about that game where you had to get all the infinities we also played that uh that driving game oh yeah just, the like, just hold the space bar or whatever road like yeah the, the one-dimensional racing roguelike yeah that was a, that was a pretty good uh, trip to san francisco right there yeah. Terrence, a.k.a. Magnus, also writes, With the most recent challenge path, community service, and the proposed mobile app, there's been some talk about the idea of features like the odd jobs board that allow a player to minimally interact with the game while still progressing his or her character. Would you also consider quests like the Bounty Hunter Hunter occupy a similar space? If so, would you consider adding similar simple daily adventure in this area for a while tasks to progress toward other goals to the mobile app? Or does everyone still hate the Bounty Hunter Hunter? I think that I would be more inclined to just say you can wash dishes for the bounty hunter hunter for 40 turns in exchange for a lucre huh. by pressing a button and that are all the bounties better than 40 turns i am because they're sort of well that f- by 40 pretend that i said more than one and, you one could and get and a half by optimizing or... and i mean also you don't get 
stats and items and meat and stuff sure. for doing it. Right. That's true. I think I would be more inclined to do something like that than to add more things like that that are another thing that a serious optimizing player is going to have to seriously optimize. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think people hate the bounty hunter hunter anymore. I mean, now that you can do it three times as fast, like I think it's, that's not nearly as, and I don't think that it was unfriendly before. I think it was fine. I think it kept a lot of people playing and I think it created a satisfying long-term goal arc for a lot of people. And, you know, there were people that bitched about it, but a lot of people that, you know, engagement is engagement. Being mad about it and doing it anyway is the same as being happy about it and doing it anyway. Except the mad people give us more money. I don't know if that's true or not. It's probably not true. But I don't think that the Bounty Hunter Hunter was bad design. No. I think it was just fine for it to get friendlier. You, you scoffed at my proposal that the uh, Tome of Olfaction only, you could only cast it once per day. <laughs> well, because I wanted to make sure that the that Olfaction was really, really good because it was so hard to get. Sure. And it's not as important as it used to be. You know, it was, there was nothing in the game that saved you as many turns as that. And I guess there might still not be in going through all these old questions to pop non nerd ones to the top. I, uh, I keep finding people talking about the changes that I proposed to the way that old faction works and like all of the actual individual feedback about that has been like, please do it that way. That would be so much better. I really want to go back and do it, hmm. which is just, you can cast it five times a day and it lasts until the next time you cast it or until it, you shrug it, maybe? I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what the proposal was, but it was like, it it divorced the effects of it from the effect. Mm. So that there wasn't that horse shit about using it eye drops. If I'm going to do that, I should do that before January, because that's when the Game Informed Dungeon goes out of standard, and I think one of the important things about the Game Informed Dungeon was that we put eye drops in it hmm. guaranteed ones that were specifically so people could use them for like manipulation bullshit that I didn't understand with olfaction I would use eye drops in your nose nose drops do you want to uh, yes. go eat a pizza sure do you want to go eat an ice cream cone do you want to eat a taco do you want to eat a big bowl of corn pone I don't want all of these things yeah okay. I was going to say why choose I bet you could get an ice cream corn bone taco pizza. I said corn bone. <laughs> you did. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I've had a great time recording this episode of the Kingdom of Loathing podcast with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And until you do, make a hamburger out of farts. Good night, everybody. Have a great week, everyone.